welcome back to Side Piece Show. You guys, I am so freaking excited for today's show. I can't even explain it. Let me back up though. First of all, I'm sorry I'm a day late, but I'm hoping when you hear who today's episode is, that you will absolutely forgive me. And also, I apologize for not having a new episode out last week. It was madness. Everybody was sick. And also, which you've probably seen, yes, it's true. I'm launching a new podcast with Teresa from Real Housewives of New Jersey. I know. I'm, I can't believe it. I am through the roof excited. I'm telling you, today's show is so amazing for so many reasons. I was so pumped to tell you about my new podcast that I'm launching with Teresa. If you haven't checked it out, it's called Namaste Bitches. The Instagram is at Namaste Bitches Pod, just P-O-D. Go give us a follow. We have a trailer out so you can get a little delicious taste of what is to come. And we also just dropped our second new teaser. We don't launch officially. Our first episode is not launched now until September 21st. So until then, we're going to put out each week one about five minute long teaser. So each week will be a new teaser leading up to officially launching September 21st. We've been doing so much. I've literally been to New Jersey three times in the last four weeks. One was to go for the photo shoot with Teresa for this podcast and all the artwork and the logo and everything. And then the following weekend was Teresa's surprise bridal shower. And then uh, two weekends ago was her wedding. So it has been absolute craziness. Um, Everything going on with Teresa getting ready for the podcast launch, getting ready for all of this. It has just been madness. I'm so excited. I can't even tell you. It's going to be amazing. You guys have to go check out our trailer and our teasers. Of course, subscribe, rate us, give us the best reviews, please. Your support as always for Side Piece and now for Namaste Bitches is so amazing. And I just can't thank you guys enough. And because I love you so much, you are not going to believe my guest today. But before I give away the most amazing guest ever, I want to thank you, as always, for the love, the support, for always listening to Side Piece, for all your amazing comments and reviews. I just, I just hope you know how much it means, how much I appreciate it. I'm so excited to be doing side piece and then take it with Teresa to Namaste for all my amazing peeps that stick with me through side piece coming over for the love and the support over there uh, for Namaste bitches. You guys are just the best. You're the reason I keep doing all of this and trying to get awesome guests and just giving you an amazing escape, an amazing show, an amazing side piece. So a million thank yous. As always, you can find me at Side Piece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W. And you can now find my new podcast with Teresa at Namaste Bitches Pod. At Namaste, N-A-M-S-A-T-E, 
bitches, B-R-T-C-E-H, pod, P-O-D. So go over there. Keep listening to Side Piece. Go over to Namaste Bitches Pod. Give us a follow. Um, and check out our new latest teasers. And get ready for all the new teasers coming until we launch September 21st. You guys, a million thank yous. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will see you next Wednesday. You guys, my guest today. I can't even believe how huge this is for me. This little itty bitty show called Shit's Creek came on, rocked my world, and rocked pretty much everyone's world. It's the greatest show ever. I have loved this woman before and just fell in love with her all over again when watching her on Shit's Creek. And I can't believe I'm saying to you today that I am so lucky and thankful for my new guest in the side piece house today. It's the one, the only Stevie Bud from Shit's Creek. Yes, you guys, it's Emily Hampshire. Hi. <laughs> I'm so freaking excited. Like, beyond. Do you know, I have a four and a three-year-old, and I walk around talking about Shit's Creek all day, and my kids are like, shit, 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 and I'm like, no, it's not that shit. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's incredible. So your, your kids are, your kids are shitheads. They are <laughs> beyond shitheads in every sense of the word. And you know what? Admittingly, I have to tell you, I didn't start watching it. My parents were the ones that were like, this show is so incredible. You and Josh, my husband have to watch it. And we're like, huh? And we started watching it. I'm not even joking you. We are in our third go around of the entire series. Oh and if you gosh. think that's bad, my parents are in the fourth go around and they got a shit's book. Okay. Oh yeah. So I like, love that. I do this podcast, but I have to tell you, like, obviously I want to talk about all the amazingness that you do, but like admittingly, I am a dork, dork, super fan of shit. I have to just oh. come up out and I tell love, you. I love that your parents um, recommended a show and you watched it. I would think like if my parents recommended a show, I would know not to watch that show. Like we don't have the same taste. Totally. So it's kind of sweet that, but also people have said that about shits, that it is a show that legitimately the whole family can watch. Totally. Because it really does... Um, go the full spectrum of the humor like somehow magically reaches every demographic do you Hopefully. know how excited i have interviewed almost a hundred people i have been freaking the fuck out knowing i feel like i can only disappoint Al, no but, um... <laughs> let me tell you this is how excited i've been i wrote you a poem oh Okay, I'm super into okay. this. Okay, are you ready? <clears throat> I am, which is funny though that I want to listen to this because anytime, like, have you ever been in a relationship where someone like writes you a poem or something and that's <laughs> terrifying like... because you're probably not going to like it. I, okay, I'm, I'm into this. She's been called many a things, but most favorite name has been Stevie Bud with two Ds. 
to watch her light up the screen is one of the greatest things you could ever see. Beautiful, creative, witty, and fun, this woman is and has it all. But don't forget the receptionist hostess with the mostest. No request is ever too tall. I'm so beyond excited and able to say, and get ready because this will make your day. Here in the side piece house is the one, the only Emily Hampshire. Oh, that's so sweet. I do. I'm really impressed also with your Emily Hampshire. That's like <laughs> Oprah's level like intro. Thank I, you. That's so sweet. Listen, I have, again, I will say it a hundred times. I have been so excited to talk with you, to see you. I, I mean, sh shit's Creek, but all that you're doing, you know, it's funny too, because I was thinking about this. I'm like, you know, I was wondering what you think, because listen, I was going through your roster. Okay. I know everyone's like, Oh, shit's Creek. But again, as I was going through the roster, I mean, <laughs> freaking boy meets girl. Snow Cake, 12 Monkeys, Ruby Gloom, and then we got to Schitt's Creek. You started in what, 1996 with all this, like jamming? Yeah, actually, I think I even, oh wait, 1996. Yeah, that was probably it. Maybe a little earlier. I did, um, I mean, what's funny is that most people who go deep into my roster usually pull out um, Are You Afraid of the Dark, which was a kid's <sighs> show that I did Um I did it I, twice, two episodes, actually. First episode, I was girlfriend number one. Second episode, they called me back. I was girlfriend number two, which is technically a demotion, but they called me back to like do another episode as a different character. Um, so yeah, I've been working. I've, I've never actually had a, um, I've never had a job job, which is actually scary because uh, I've learned things like you always get training on set. And I did a movie once where I got like training at a target to like, learn how to do the, I mean, now we all do it. Now right. we all do our own zapping, but like, <laughs> yeah. if this is just audio, no one's going to understand what I'm doing. I'm gesturing the, um, the thing you do when you put your stuff on the shopping and it red lasers go through and it tells you how much your thing is. Do anyway, the, 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 the freaking we're playing. What's the game with the uh, checkout, the checkout, checkout, checkout. <laughs> yes. And so into it, like I got three days of cashier training and I was so into it. And I learned how to sell the like the card thing, the points card. And um, so I think why anytime, like if I'm at a party or anything, I'm always really interested and excited about anyone who they might think they have a regular job, but to me, it's so fun. Like the idea of even having like a cubicle where you could like put your, I guess that doesn't, that world doesn't exist anymore though. No one goes to the office no. except me and my dreams. And my agent but, who has to form his roster, of course. My yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, so I've been acting since I was a kid and um, and I think it was actually really good in retrospect that I got to have like a slow progression of things. Like I started out with guest stars and then I got my first movie and then I got a bigger movie. And um, whereas like I, it was, it was this Canada kind of is a microcosm of, 
of Hollywood, you can have done like the lead in 10 movies that you've never seen because they're right. all these like indies, but I got to hone my craft and right. I got to fail a lot and and have things that like, I was in this movie with Robert Pattinson. It was supposed to be this huge thing. We went to Cannes and it was big, crickets, nothing happened. And so like, I got to experience that roller coaster so that when shits came or even, you know, shits kind of came and went before it actually became big, it was less of a like, oh my God, it's oh shit. This, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Totally. So were you like, when someone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you started with shits. Like, are you like, dude, I have been doing this shit, no pun intended, for like <laughs> 10, over 10 years. Like, do people think you just started, like, you showed up, you auditioned for shits, and that's how you started your acting? Um, I mean, I think most people, uh, assume that but there's even instances where it can kind of be fun like suddenly when shits became big there were casting directors who wanted to just have a meeting with me whereas like we just meet and I'm like oh I came in and I did or you you didn't want to see me though before <laughs> like totally. all those those things of like um suddenly well it's like suddenly people interest you which um, all of a sudden you're interested yeah which is kind of I think healthy and good that I had all my previous experience to know that that interest can really be like it's it's fleeting it goes away it's like it isn't a measure of like your worth because really there, there's another thing in, especially now there's like Shit's Creek can be the biggest thing. And then there's another thing. And then there's yeah. another thing. So no, no, there's not, um, no, there's not, there's not, there's nothing <laughs> ever. <laughs> Maker. But like when people are like, oh, let's talk. And you're like, yo, Dick, we actually talked, or I wanted to talk to you five years ago. Are you ever like F off or are you not because I I would be like that I feel like you're nicer than I am that you would be like sure let's yeah. talk or do you ever like I'm I'm Canadian I'm very Canadian and so I could never like if anything I feel sorry that I'm calling them out or saying anything that they might feel weird about or anything but usually yeah no I would never be unless somebody was like a real asshole to me yeah um or to one of my friends then 100 percent. i just probably wouldn't meet with them i'd be like yeah We're good. i'd be like you have to <laughs> you have to get your agent <laughs> your agent <laughs> husband to no. but um but yeah i feel like that stuff it's just normal that people's attention is to what is the big thing right. um i mean i get i do uh, i am happy that shits was i think more than just a big thing that happened and is fleeting like I do think it was one of those things that changes or or just it happened at the perfect time um and and changed certain things about tv like right before shits everything was very like edgy comedy and um dark comedy I remember Dan you know went to sell shits before like for a long time in America nobody wanted it because they all wanted like Breaking Bad and all that stuff. And so then when shits happened, um, I've been pitching stuff and everybody wants the next Shits Creek. But like 
the next big thing isn't going to be Shit's Creek. Right. It's going to be your original thing that nobody wants. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. Can you imagine like how many people, that's another thing. Can you imagine how many people, and again, my husband also, he reps athletes, but he also sells TV shows. And he's like, I couldn't like get this, this person or this show, like a rep, like I couldn't get anything going with it. And then when it, ha- like, you never know when it happens, it's just like, boom. It's just, I mean, did you yeah. ever have any idea when you're auditioning and you started shit that you, it was going to be what it is? Well, it's funny because, you know, when I auditioned for it, this was a show that was just in Canada. Netflix wasn't a thing then. So it was only going to be in Canada. And, but it had Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy. These were huge stars. And to be on a show with them, we thought it was going to be a big thing. However, my agent at the time, who is still my agent, and um, she was like, she got me this amazing deal because, again, at the time, it was just going to be in Canada. And she was like, I, I don't want you to be on just a Canadian show delivering towels to people. I thought that was my part. Like I was, we only read the pilot. I thought I'm just going to be the motel girl delivering towels, but I wanted to work with these people. And so she got me a contract that I could do another show if it didn't conflict another American, if it was American and didn't conflict. Good agent. And that's how I was actually able to do good agent. But I was, I was able to do 12 monkeys and they didn't conflict. I'd do them back to back, but the last season of Shits, or no, the last season of 12 Monkeys, which was the second to last season of Shits, I would do 12 Monkey uh, Shits during the day and 12 Monkeys at night, oh. and then come in because they ended up going for another season. So that was crazy. But um, but no, so I I thought it was gonna be something really special. And we shot it and we loved it and thought it was great came out crickets nobody really there was a little buzz about it a little but then nothing then we went for a second season third season the only reason we were greenlit for more seasons was because they did it in Canada where you know our budget was super low and it's Canada so our Canadian broadcasting corporation is funding all these Canadians right um and we were done before anybody noticed, like for real. We were, me and Annie, we were like, it was our last season. We were like, finally, now the offers are gonna come rolling in and we're texting each other. <laughs> and I'm like, have you heard anything? She's like, no. And I'd like send her a tumbleweed bitmoji. And then like, the, there was kind of two stages. There was like Netflix that blew it up, but COVID oh, yeah. was kind of, you know, people were, trapped in their houses with either their family or no family and I think shits was either a chosen family for people or something everyone could bond over and keep you company in a lovely way so yeah it wasn't until the show was oh so if to answer your question I was a little disappointed on how not big a thing it was I mean but were you like why am I gonna sit here I'm killing myself I'm doing another show I'm doing six seasons and nothing. It's crickets. It's crickets. It's crickets. Were you ever like, I'm out bound? Like, I don't, this isn't, this is not my jam. It's not going to work. Well, no, because you having a job is the great thing. Yeah. Like having and having a great job, like it, it, it didn't 
matter at the time that no one like it was a show that was on the air that there were fans for it and people loved it and stuff but it wasn't like it wasn't a hit if anything had it been in the states it wouldn't have been renewed for a second season um so no i mean it was still on that level so amazing to have a job for three months where we genuinely love each other to hang out together I get to sit behind a desk, which was very hard to get me out from, um, which is probably was probably the reason for Cabaret was to get me literally both in the show and me, Emily, to get me to move and do some blocking that didn't have to because I hated like having to leave that security of the desk. Literally, you were behind a desk. Yeah. Yeah. And I also got to like, I feel bad for Annie and Catherine every day. I'd see them in these heels and shit. I got to wear jeans, Converse. It was the greatest job ever. Um, Yeah, I know that all of us people are always asking, like, when's there going to be another one? And no one wants that more than us. Like, we loved it. We were all, when people were so sad that it was over, I was like, what about me? It's This is harder on me. I I lost a job. I lost my friends. (laughs) How are you taping? Was it just horrific? Because I couldn't even get through. It took me like 18 tries to get through the last, the finale. Were you guys just like in tears the whole time? Oh, yeah. I remember that day actually really well because we all came. And that whole kind of month, we'd been saying goodbye to set. And stuff, which was also a thing um, because we would always the interiors for like two months and then we'd have a little break and go shoot the exteriors. So saying goodbye, it was this long process of like a set dies every day. And like, we'd realize we'd never shoot in there again, but I was really like kind of tough and like, Oh, this doesn't affect me. I'm used to, this is the way it works. It's like camp. You say goodbye and you know, you or moving school. I, used to I was used to doing movies a lot too where like don't get attached don't get attached yeah yeah um but then and everyone was crying and I was like bragging about how tough I was and we go to do the first scene and I it was this was the scene where actually Eugene and Catherine say goodbye to us at the end where they roll away in their car and I just like dying couldn't stop after that it was it was rough but there were a lot of moments like that too like the wedding I was so embarrassed I couldn't stop crying and I was like I don't Stevie cry this much like I don't know but I can't stop crying (laughs) oh I mean so you guys were really genuinely close like all of you yeah and but there's also the truth of it is there's there's my relationship with the people like me and Annie, me and Dan, but then there's like Stevie and David, that relationship, even though it's like fiction, it was true for me. It was like, I love that friendship. I the, just being Stevie was a relationship to let go of in a way that like, so it felt, and and God, Mr. Rose, I still call Eugene Mr. Rose. It's very hard <laughs> in life not to call him. And I'm not like some method actor. I'm just, he's Mr. Rose. Mr. Rose. <laughs> I would call and, him Mr. Rose. Yeah. And it's just all of that mixed up together is 
you form these real attachments to it. Like, I don't know. It was really special. So you're walking in the show, which is so insane too, which was so crazy to learn when I start watching it. So my husband had kind of, obviously he's in the, he knows what the show is. He knows all these TV shows. Right. And he's like telling me, he's like, no, but David is Mr. Roses. They're like son and you know, their father and son in real life. And I'm like, huh? And then he's like, and then that Twilight chick at the cafe and he's explaining. And I was like, it's a whole family affair. Like literally, like for real in real life. So was it weird for you? You're literally walking into a family affair. You have sister, you have son, you have dad. Were you just like, that's a weird thing. I guess it was more like uh, I wanted to be part of that family. Like even if you need um, Divine, Dan and, and Sarah's mother, she's the funny one in the family. Like if you, you know, Eugene Slayer's dead, but like, that whole family is so you want to be part of their family. Um, I don't know if I even knew Sarah Levy was his sister for a while. Um, that was something I like learned later on. Um, but no, it was so great because it kind of mirrored the thing we were doing. Like shits, the whole town, even if they weren't related, you were all kind of family. Right. Um and the best thing though was seeing, I remember like when Dan started directing and I'd be in a scene with Eugene and there was this one time where Eugene was, um, getting, Dan gave him a note. And so we did the scene and he, Eugene really executed that note. And like every actor at the end, you look up to see if the director saw and if they liked it. And Eugene looks up and Dan is like texting on his phone, not looking. <laughs> and, Wait, you the like, approval, Dad. Uh, yeah, it was really sweet. And um, yeah, it's just like, I keep thinking of how fortunate that is because most like families to work together and act together and do it like, that's a lot. And it's a lot of like, especially for Sarah too, being in different like, I don't know. They have no egos, you know, which I think is the great thing. Like Eugene and Catherine really also set this bar of like, they're Canadian. Nobody's better than anybody. It's very, um, we're all in it together kind of thing. So yeah. It was just nice like, and you, and you always knew that you were going to be like, Steve, like, that's what you try. Like, that's what you're auditioning for. You're like, I'm going to be Stevie. I'm going to be the receptionist behind the desk. Like that was a role you went in for and knew that you were going for. Yeah, I didn't know Stevie was going to become so amazing. I um, I went in for the most, I remember when first the first season aired, I'd regularly be called like, someone would see me and be like, you you look like that motel girl on that show. The or, mouth, the you, mouth, You the look mouth. like that the girl the owl girl. The yeah, mouth. the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but um. So yeah, no, I, and I, my agent really pushed me to go in for it. Cause at that time I, um, I was, I'd been dropped by my U S agent. Cause I was really, um, getting anxiety and auditions and like breaking out in literal hives. So I was like, I can't go in. I'll put myself on tape. And she's like, just go in. They're Canadian. They're nice. And I knew the casting director from when I was younger, and so I went in and 
kind of blacked out, but Dan always, we used to do these tours and Dan would always tell the story of my audition because he likes to tell the story of that I don't think happened because I don't remember it. But um, yeah, I guess there was this one point where the way he tells it, it sounds like I I lifted up my shirt, but it what he's like, I hid in my shirt at one point. I went down and hid in my shirt. And then he says, I went and sat next to him, which I don't think I would ever do. But um, yeah, it wasn't an audition. I, I think I like blacked out and just, but I went for Stevie. And then I was really surprised that, because um, Annie went for Stevie too. And when we all wrapped, we went on this little vacation thing together and we all watched our auditions. And it was so funny to see, like, first of all, we were all so young. <laughs> We've aged so much, but um, to see all of us come in with those parts, like, like any, and even uh, Jen Robertson, like coming in and creating this, like, shit of this. Oh, I wow, forget her, sorry. Jocelyn, Jocelyn, shit, yeah. Um, and then see Noah come in. Those are great. I think they're online somewhere now. Um, but those are really fun to see our, our auditions. I mean, so like, look, you're so close. Is there one person though that you were really the closest or bonded the most with? The person I love the most? Or like bonded the closest, got the closest with? Is there one, like if you had to like choose one that you were like so yeah. close with or was it kind of everybody across the board? Oh no, there's definitely one. Um, well, it's twofold. Um, Annie is the person I love the most. Um, I guess the person I bonded with the most is Dan. Like, we probably, but I like Annie better. <laughs> yeah, even though like I'll text Annie and sometimes she won't text me back, but then I'll text her a cute puppy and then she will. And, but I... I love Annie. I love her so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, now I, I think during the show, it was probably um, me and Dan were closest. Also, Chris Elliott, sometimes me and him um, got close because we were always people who didn't like to socialize much with anyone, even though we like I like them. I just don't want to talk to anybody, really. I just don't want to talk um, to you, but we're cool. Yeah. Especially on the way home in the car. I like to just listen to music. And um, so that's why me and Chris would drive together sometimes. Uh, but no, Annie's my favorite. My absolute, I love, I miss Annie. Uh, yeah. It sounds like I'm obsessed with Annie and I am. Good. And she's amazing. A little bit of Lexi. Ah, ah. I mean, yeah. that song is like. <laughs> she, and she wrote that, that song. No. Like, wrote it. Yeah. Oh yeah, she wrote that song. She um, did all the music for it. Uh, yeah, created that song. I mean, that is yeah. that is. And so Noah did the arrangement for his song for simply the best. Like Dan really did give us all opportunities to shine creatively and stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, Noah did the simply the best that everybody wants for their wedding. Is is Noah's. Um, arrangement a thousand so, percent yeah a thousand percent but like but you obviously a singer too did you say no, <laughs> no? Uh, well I'm not a singer I love musicals and I will commit 
So. Well, you committed. You Did you ask to do that? You were the lead. Well, what's weird is anytime I do a show that I'm um, a regular on, I always ask, like, can we do a musical episode? And season one, I said to Dan, I'm like, can we do a musical episode? And he was like, yeah, maybe the town will do something, put something on. And so I always thought, as Stevie, I would be like, the girl in black moving the sets when the things go dark and stuff. And then I honestly could not believe it when I got offered not only to play Sally Bowles in Cabaret, but like that was my, I'd said it in press before when people are like, what's your dream role? I would always say like Sally Bowles in Cabaret. And he kind of gave me the the better dream, the dream I didn't know I wanted, which was to play Sally as Stevie, is such a different in that song of like the original Sally Bowles is like, maybe this time I'll get a guy, yeah. maybe this time he'll love me. But for Stevie, it's like, maybe this time I'll win. Maybe this time I'll be as great as everyone thinks I can be. And it's such a different empowering song and, yeah, so I'm not a singer. I love, I'm just a, obsessed with musicals. I love singing. Even in 12 Monkeys, I did a bunch of songs and stuff because I always push people to give me a musical number. I mean, it was, I, I've oh. literally no, you can't see, I like chill my whole, like that scene. And then when David like, I know, that, he's like, that's my, my that's friend. That's my best friend. Oh my God. Oh my God. That kills me. That's my favorite moment in the whole show when he says, that's my friend. Oh, I, so yeah. when you, I always, because I would rewind certain scenes that were so stellar like that, like you, like maybe I'll win. It was such a Stevie moment. It was so moving. He's standing up and clapping. I would, re, I would rewind it like a dork and watch because it was like Patrick, David, like the Dustin, crew. um, oh Ted, Ted, I love Ted's Ted. choice of like he had the the program like <laughs> this the whole time. But I like, love him too. I would rewind it and watch everybody's reaction, and then I always wondered. And my husband's like, "Stop asking me. I know you're gonna ask me. Don't ask me again." When like Patrick was doing the serenade, and when you were doing that, did they? Was that the first time that they were hearing this? I mean, I know you would practice it, but like the like the real thing like when they're in rose apostrophe ap ap hello you know what i'm saying and yeah yeah thank you <laughs> freaking fucking word but like when patrick's doing the serenade and you're doing that had they really listened before or was that like their first showing so when i um when i did mine and i think it was the same with um with noah's um or patrick um I, well, I definitely was really adamant that I wanted it to be done live because my love of musicals makes me really hear the difference between something like Coal Miner's Daughter, where it's, it's recorded live on set or something like Ray, where you go into the studio later and put the music on and you can hear the difference. And to me, Stevie's not professional she's not a singer she's just stevie doing the thing so i wanted if there was mistakes if there was whatever and so we did set it up that i practiced and did it a lot with the music and stuff and but then on the day and we did this with even all the cabaret the whole show we 
all rehearsed it like we would a play, but then when, oh my God, I'm starting to get like nervous again I, because it was so exciting on the day. It was like we were putting on a show and we had all the people in the town in the audience and we did it for them live like oh that. And God. so it was like, we did a couple of takes, but that first one, we did it just like that. And Dan asked us, he's like, well, he asked me if, if I wanted to. And I was like, I want for this particular case, when Stevie's would be nervous, um, I want to be as nervous as she would be. So I oh. looked out and I saw Mr. Rose and um, yeah. So, and for Patrick, I think they did the same thing. Um, but we had a lot of rehearsals and Dan would like listen to stuff of ours and comment and yeah. So. It was, I mean, I, I can't, I can't like, listen, thank God I'm wearing like nipple covers right now. I mean, I'm so like through the, I mean, that scene was so, it was like every person's dream, like stuck where you are. I'm not good enough. Can I be more? Can I do more? It was just so like, I want to show my kids that. You know, like I do love I it's funny that like I love that journey for you, that saying that I think comes from the show. But I love Stevie's journey so much and extra especially that she doesn't leave the town like at the end. It could have been she goes to New York and does those things, but she didn't need to. It was always she just had to know it for herself, which is I found in a lot of things I do ultimately the kind of, or in especially stuff I write, I realize it's usually a search for identity. It's usually, it's usually the lesson of the Wizard of Oz. It was always in you all along. You just had to learn it for yourself. Um, and yeah, I love Stevie so much. Even when fans come up to me, I get more excited than them, which freaks them out because they think <laughs> I'm like Stevie and I'm actually a lot I wish I was as like chill as Stevie, but I get much more animated and excited. And um, I like her more than they do. So it gets weird. So do you think that's the role of everything that you've done? Or is it like hard? Is it like picking, actually people are like, you can't pick a role. It's like picking your children that are favorite. I can pick my favorite child, but I'm also an asshole. So can you, is there one role <laughs> that you're like, that's, that is it. Was it Stevie? Well, it's really, I feel like it's a combination of Stevie and Jennifer Goins from 12 Monkeys. Um, because that was, do you know the movie 12 Monkeys yes. at all with Brad Pitt? Okay. Right. So I played the Brad Pitt part. Who's yes. like this crazy person. And the, and it was a time travel show. So as an actor, the things I got to do on that show, like I went and sang Pink's You in Your Hand to Hitler in the 1920s. And I got to do 99 Luftballons in German. Like that, I would say of as an actor and a part that was such a gift in stretching all those muscles, it would be Jennifer, but then Stevie balances that out. And so I realized like when both of those shows ended, I was like, how am I ever going to find anything that satisfies both those things? Because they're polar opposites. Like Stevie, I got to take a vacation from myself and Jennifer, I got to like express everything right. and to have them at the same time. Like, honestly, that period of time when I was 
shooting one during the day and one at night was the best time maybe in my life because a everyone was so nice to me like the ad's would be like you get 15 minute naps and um (laughs) but it was just like satisfying each part I think that's why I became an actor I'm not very satisfied with just this one life like I want to try I want to know what it's like to do that and do that so between both it's it's both of those in a in a cuisine art mixer blended together is the greatest and it's part of all, all time. so delicious like I I mean and I don't think people appreciate and understand how hard that is like you just said it's not you like you're you're not only were you playing one different part but on the same day you're literally playing two completely separate roles like to appreciate and to know the art and how amazing you did at both like it's insane it's insanely incredible and I hope you give yourself like a shit ton of credit because I I, I mean I just don't think people appreciate the craft sometimes and like how difficult it could be Oh, thanks. I I do realize since then when I've had to do things kind of shooting different movies with like two different movies around the same time, I realized how lucky I was that they were both so different because I think I have a harder time. I'm not good with gray. I'm very like, it needs to be real black and white. Right. And so um, had whenever I've done things that are kind of close, I get like confused. And so I think it was surprisingly easier to do it because they were so different um but yeah I do also like I I I realize how lucky I am to have had both those parts like yeah I I know like not to get work and to get like great work is pretty great and say and speaking pretty great your freaking new book I mean how dope does that look you're writing a book? So, what don't you do? You're writing, you're acting, you sing. I mean, okay, I tell me about don't, tell me about the basic um, witch. Okay, well, I okay. I'm this actually might be the thing that satisfies both the the Stevie and the Jennifer goings from it's um so I well, I co-wrote this with someone who actually knows how to write comics, but I came up with the story which is it's basically like, what if the Kardashians were a family of witches um, and there was like one sister that you didn't hear about because she wasn't on the show because she was kicked off because she was such a shit witch. And so when I was thinking of that, just like, what would it be like? Like I was watching the Kardashians, I think, and I was like, what if I was just born into that family? That would be so hard because I don't measure up. Like I wouldn't be able to do all those things. Anyway, so it's about Amelia, who is like the black sheep of her famous witch family. And this is her. <gasps> and I'm so obsessed with it. And Look like, at your book I, so I know. And then I even get to have like, well, what's great about, comic books that I didn't realize is like I can have all my dreams come true like I have a jello pool in it they go to sandwich heaven that's sandwich heaven that's spaghetti the yeti and that's a <laughs> me uh, that's Neela who is my best friend in real life actually got cartoonified like that's dope so it's been such an amazing process um I love it so much uh, I'm also obsessed with they made little pins too. Like that's spaghetti, my Yeti. Oh my god! He has acne because he's a teenager. Of course. Um. So yeah, that's been 
like the greatest thing. I mean, <sighs> that is humongous. I cannot wait to get it. I was reading up about it. It looks so dope and it just looks so relatable. Like again, like a Stevie almost like what if you're not fitting in? How do I find my way? Yeah, it's, it's totally, I mean, it's not, not me. Um, it's definitely the, the person who feels like you don't fit in and thinks that like you, that person who realizes the things that you think are wrong with you or ultimately could be your superpower. Like she's not great at magic, but like, she's really great at making these sandwiches. And, um, it's just like, it's also, I wrote it for the the me now who still loves stuff I liked when I was a teenager. And so it's really, it's for teenage me who still is like now like 40. I can't even <laughs> so. freaking wait to read it. And I mean, you're doing that. I couldn't even keep up with everything else you're doing. The rig. Oh, wait, what else? Yeah, what else? I mean, you're doing yeah. a million things right now. I, I am, and I have, and that's partly why I didn't want to do podcasts because, <laughs> because doing this stuff, but also then I feel like I've sometimes when I've said everything I'm doing, I start to hear it and it's like, it sounds ridiculous because it is a lot, but it's because I don't want to live in my life. <laughs> it's like, I'm a workaholic and I just want to get, so yeah, I'm doing, the rig is coming out, this show for Amazon, which is kind of that was definitely my hardest job because I play um, I play a geologist who the first the description of my character the first line was she's the smartest girl she's always the smartest girl in the room and I'm like oh my god so much science so much <laughs> but it it's really like it's kind of like lost and it's I've never done a show on this scale before it's really different for me. Um, and then I've um, I've got my own show. I'm doing a remake of this old show called Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman that is kind of my baby. Um, I think watching Dan get to create a world and be have his hands in everything, like the costumes, the makeup, the casting, the that's what I love to do, which is really satisfied in doing comics. And because you also don't have, have the budget, like I wanted a jello pool. I wouldn't be able to get that on a TV show. Right. There'd be like health and safety and everything. Yeah. But um, yeah, so uh, the things I'm doing now feel like creating world stuff. I love writing. If I could just be paid and make a real living as a writer who just stayed at home and wrote and nothing ever happened that would be great that would that's be my what dream. you want to do for real that'd be yeah. like your jam yeah really? yeah look just doing all kinds of I mean writing stuff or making art things arts and crafts but like not have to leave my house and I think that is why my agents were saying during COVID you know it was a real tough time for most people and um I was really lucky that I was okay but I was also quarantining before quarantining was cool like I've <laughs> always been just leave me alone and I'll do and so I became very productive during like I sold a show I did a I did this hump day episode that, and my agents were like wow you were right if we just leave you alone um, <laughs> get away from me so yeah, I was just watching um, 
I know I'm late to this party, but I don't know. Have you seen Bo Burnham's Inside? The no, I, it's heard. Oh. I've heard. No, because all I'm doing is watching Shit's Creek. What do you want? The, yes. What are you doing? <laughs> but I just saw that and it's so, I mean, just the room he's in is my utopia of just like, stop making stuff, making stuff. I need uh, to except now he's I'm a genius, but um, it's so brilliant. Um, so yeah, I'm doing that. I'm doing, I have a movie coming out. I, I, I've done a bunch. I haven't stopped working. So, and you just yeah. dropped what? No more sex. Oh, the end. <laughs> the end, uh, of sex. end of sex. End of sex. Yeah, that's got, coming out at TIFF, which I'm super excited about because. Oh, uh, wait, I'm sorry. Sorry, uh, the name. No more sex because I'm so used to saying it to my husband. So that just like that <laughs> is what's stuck in my head forever. I know. I just that's amazing. That, you, that looks so. Do- I mean, you are doing so much before you go because I know you're so busy are you down to play a game yes I love games you do I love games I love games. I don't know why in interviews where they don't do that more I'd rather do games than do anything um yeah it is called are you ready it's kind of shit no, it's not kind of. It is shits like centric, okay? Okay. Hence my name. It is called Bud Off with two Ds, okay? No. Okay. Thank you for knowing that. You're welcome. Okay. I pay attention to details. Okay, Emily, in this rapid fire game, I will throw a question out to you and you okay. answer with the first thought that comes to your mind. Okay. okay. Are you ready, Emily? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bud Off, would you rather have David or Alexis give you fashion advice? David. David. Okay. Would you rather be a bachelor? That, also, I said David because to me that was like Dan. That they're 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 kind of together in that way because Dan does always comment on what when we're doing you know press stuff and he's always the one telling us like no don't wear that do wear it like David. And he's Dan. actually yeah. Sorry, Alexis, you come in third, and you there's only two picks. <laughs> That's good for you. yeah. Okay. Would you rather be a backup dancer in a little bit of Lexus music video or sing a duet with Patrick? Oh, sing a duet with Patrick. Mainly because um, me and Noah really bonded when we were learning that dance. That was the hardest thing we've ever done, that money dance. dance. The money one, like money makes the world go. And I had to do this flip thing and it looks way easier than it is. Um, So I do any, we've been to like the, we've been through the trenches of dance together so we could do anything. Um, Speaking of your boy, Patrick, Noah, you got crushed with emails by your agent because of my husband. If he checked his DMs. (laughs) Should I like give him a nudge? Like. I'm a female, you're married. I love your show. And I only love you for your show because I'm like, what are these people thinking when they see DMs, if they ever see it? If this guy ever checks his DMs, he's going to be like, get a worn out for her arrest yeah. immediately. <laughs> the freaking lunatic. Okay. Would you rather save Patrick and David from breaking up or Johnny and Myra? Oh, uh, Johnny and Moira. I'd rather save them because, because David and Patrick, like, 
it was kind of traumatic for Stevie. Like, you know, when you lose your best traumatic for Stevie, but I'm like, it's traumatic for me when a new person comes into the show and I'm Dave's <laughs> best friend and like that we're, it's not going to be us anymore. But I love that relationship that it was still like me and Patrick bonded then too. So I think Stevie, would it would be okay with them but like mr rose the devastation of them breaking up i couldn't handle that no could you imagine no. yeah no i can tragic. and i don't want it to happen i love when patrick comes into the mix and you guys like kind of team up then against david and, like making fun of him like that was so yeah dope. that was dope um okay who was the biggest prankster on set uh Oh, prankster. I mean, I, well, no one prankstered. Um, it was mostly like Chris Elliott or people making people laugh, but Chris Elliott and Eugene were a combination that was so great. Like yep. when Chris Elliott's teaching Eugene how to play golf from behind, Eugene could not keep it together that day like he even we were losing light the director was upset it was chris elliott's birthday and he wasn't bringing out the cake so no one really like pranked anyone but we did have a lot of like laughter moments oh, <laughs> so i love that yeah. so then who made you laugh the most on set was it the same i mean dan makes me laugh the most on set just because I know when he's dying inside and that makes me laugh. Um, so I love that. But like who makes me laugh as their character the most is Alexis. Um, I mean, I love Alexis, but yeah, Dan on set is the one who I just, but what's so great is probably you've seen all those takes because as Stevie, I can laugh at David like I laugh at Dan. A thousand so, percent. Art imitated life. It yeah. was, I mean, so many scenes I can think of right now when you're standing behind the desk and he's like, okay, good job. Or like the wood box in the back. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, that was what's really great is that, you know, they're different people, but are they like, like when David came in with that um, the hoodie with the, well, oh, the lice. I mean, yeah. There's I mean, uh, everything is incredible. It was everything funny to me. Everything is incredible. Do you know the only reason I really look forward to getting on a flight is so I can sit down and put Shit's Creek on on my iPad? I'm on anything, oh anything God. I do. Okay. <laughs> Who's better for Alexis, Ted or Mutt? Ted. 100% Ted. Yeah. Would you rather do community service with Mutt or intern at Ted's vet clinic? Oh, intern at the vet clinic. hundred yeah. percent intern at the vet clinic. Also, Mutt, there was something with our hair person that first season about dyeing mine and Mutt's hair black and he had a beard and she tried to match it black and it was just leaking on so when annie kissed him it got all black and so i wouldn't want to be working with mutt you just get all this black beard goo 
So, so yeah. is that why he ended up shaving it? And she was like, what are you doing? Why don't you consult? With Probably. Bro, there was some hair disaster. I mean, if you look back, it, I guess it kind of works for Stevie, maybe that she had jet black hair, but we both <laughs> got our hair dyed the day before by someone. And um, yeah, I, that was the result. <laughs> That's, oh my God, these behind the scenes are like forever mm. going to be with me. Okay, who had a better serenade? Patrick to David at open mic or when then David reversed it and did it to Patrick solo. Well, Patrick to David at open mic. That was First so time is always the best. And that yeah. was so, and, and David standing there like in his flame shirt. Oh my God. <laughs> what was scarier? Myra as your play director for Cabaret or Jocelyn after she got her concert haircut? <laughs> um, I mean... Jocelyn, just because the reason she got that, I mean, that was part of it. But like first season, again, there was some hair disasters with her because that was a real hair first season and it all fell out because they were processing it in this really like straightening it, then curling it, then doing thing. And so that's why Jen ended up cutting her hair. But oh. um, and so they had to do something. But yeah, I felt like it was scary for her hair it was so funny though that hair yeah, the yeah. Ha speaking Amazing. of the hair Jocelyn's haircut becomes so popular in the town that they named it what do you remember oh I'm so bad at these trivia things I always lose the Jocelyn the Jocelyn the Jocelyn <laughs> it was called the Jocelyn how dope is that you have to remember what was Myra and Myra and Johnny's room member at Rosebud Oh my God, do I have my keys on me? Um, no way, you have uh, no keys. Oh my God. <gasps> oh my God, this is my most, maybe my one of my most prized possessions. That's my, that's the room seven. That's the seven room. Seven was Isn't then it? David and Alexis. Yeah, yeah. Ira and Johnny were, oh my God, that is the dopest thing. Your this key is the chain. real keychain. Emily. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I have so much. Like I have my dead Tamagotchi. Oh. It was always dead. That was on Stevie's keychain. I have comment cards from we all to all oh, my, my favorite thing is the Johnny Rhodes book that he wrote to he, he um, signed inside to Stevie. Oh my God. What I was it like the road so to success or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With the VHS? Oh, God. I had that as one of my questions, and I took it out. What was the title? What was the name of that? Um, okay, which would you rather eat? Myra and David's cheese enchiladas or Jocelyn's cheese ball? Uh, cheese enchiladas. <laughs> yeah. Mainly because I saw it being made, so I know what went into it. I mean, just fold it in. Just fold, fold in. It <laughs> in. Okay, that and what, last one. <laughs> What's a moment that happened off camera that you will forever cherish? Oh, I mean. So many. So you know how I'm giving you a lot. Oh my God. Insane. I'm like dying. I'm dying. So you know how there's that episode where Mr. Rose sees Stevie's pictures, like oh, her yeah. dirty pictures or something. Well, there was a time where, I mean, I was like, 
I think I was on like Raya or D or whatever. And someone sent me and I was showing, <laughs> I was like showing Annie or something. And Eugene came over and like started scrolling. And I was desk. like, no, no. <laughs> and so um, that was a real life moment. There was a lot of real life moments that then Dan put in the show. Um, like the thruple didn't come out of nowhere. Um, so she put a lot of that stuff in. <laughs> that was a favorite moment though. With you I guys. mean, I, I, I could sit here talking about every moment. Literally, I could tell you every episode, every scene, every, everything. I'm such a dork. You, oh, by the way, you did amazing in the rapid fire. Congratulations. You crushed Bud off Emily. Yes. Job. Good job. Okay. Wasn't I'm, even hard game. I, I know that was a tough one. I had more. Listen, you're going to maybe when you have like a slow down moment, which you'll never have, but at some point, because I literally have like a whole other page of, of questions that are rapid fire for games. Yep. So oh. maybe we just do games because I've already oh. taken so much of your time. You're so busy. We totally do games. We can do competitions too. I can get very competitive. Oh, shit. Okay. So these, the ones that we okay. get to are on. I okay. will think of more. Another poem okay. because, of course, I have to hit you with another poem. Uh, so that just means you have to come back and see me again. Okay. But like you're doing so much, where can everyone listening that loves you, no one loves you as much as I do, but if they attempt to love you as much as I do, where can they go find you and all your stuff and your book and everything? Um, Instagram, um, my Instagram, Emily Hampshire, although I was just notified that the reason why I can't get like cool music and stuff is because I'm listed as a food truck instead of an actor. But um, anyways, it's Emily Hamster, my Instagram. That's where I'll post most stuff that I'm doing. And from there, you can go to Amelia Airwood. She has a, a, a she has a page. And um, yeah, that's that's the main place. I have Twitter and Facebook, but I mostly and TikTok. I'm trying. I mean, it's, it's a lot it's, of social media. I, I just learned about witch talk, which I really got into. There's just too much. There's a lot um, of overwhelming. But yeah. But at least when yeah, they go on your, social, your Instagram, they can buy a taco at the same time. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. This was it's, really nice. Good luck with everything. You're the best. I'll see you soon. Thanks. Thank you, Emily. Thank you so much for listening to Side Piece. Make sure to follow on Instagram with the handle at Side Piece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W at Side Piece Show. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.